The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. We are the official podcast of FetishCon in St. Petersburg, Florida, August 10th through 13th, featuring appearances by a who's who in the fetish world. And we'll be down there with red carpet coverages, special podcasts, classes, and more. I can't wait to see you there. Join me by getting your tickets at fetishcon.com. Today we get to visit with an amazing personality who can control you with a headlock, a collar, or just her sheer power. All brought together in the most royal of ways. Queen Gia Love, respected, adored, and very kinky, our generously sadistic Queen relishes every moment she buries her deserving loyal's face deep into her royal rear at times, even during her grappling practice. Be careful not to meet your demise between her thighs. Gia understands well the hypnotic powers of her heavenly hiney, treating only those proven worthy to its splendors. Queen Gia Love, the wrestling dominatrix on what women and other wonderful humans want. They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five and it starts now. First time you wrestled anybody and what brought it on? Oh, well, I mean, if we were to go way, way back, then it'd be like sibling rough play. But the one that I remember that I found particularly exciting, like in a more, uh, you know, sexy kind of way, high school, hanging out with a friend. And then, you know, it's like a, a little playful disagreement will turn into like a, a little roll around in bed and then next thing you know like I'm on top and it's really really hot 
first time you realized you like being on top? I think that was it at that moment when uh, I was on top, but then I was also very much thinking about the scene from The Lion King when Nala and Simba were like rolling around and then she gets on top of him and she's like, pinned you. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> pinned his ass. <laughs> I do believe that's the first kinky Lion King reference I've ever heard. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> first time you ever were involved in a kinky scene as a dominant do you remember what you did? Hmm. Uh, my most dominant roles have always been the wrestling. So it's been requested to be mean or calling them helpless or saying that there's no way they could fight against me. They have no chance. They might as well just give in. And if I have to, I will show them that they are weak against me. And most of them will end up being uh, for play. Like they want to be put into that subspace where the woman is dominating and kind of like using the man for whatever she wants. So in that case, kind of like, yeah, that's how I ended up getting into more of the fandom stuff was because of the wrestling and a lot of the guys that want to wrestle women, at least the ones that have come to me, maybe there are ones on the other side of the spectrum that want to win, but I mostly see the guys that want to lose, the one that want to give up the power to the women. And it, I feel like it's um, like a, a way that is easily understood. Well, if she is physically superior, then I have no choice. I have to give her the power because... She took it from me. <laughs> Who was your first influence? Because I know you're a bit of a wrestling fan. That came about, I was watch. I've been watching wrestling and mostly because I will hang out with people that are watching wrestling. The wrestling shows that I predominantly enjoyed was Lucha Underground, which was not WWE. Oh, someone knows. You know about Lucha Underground. Ah, so good. So Lucha I loved Lucha Underground. So good. But it was very much like comic books, kind of like, kind of feel to it. Very fantasy. So I really like that. I've always liked um, fantasy and comic books, pop culture and all that stuff. Nerdy, nerdy, nerdy things. And when I started doing fetish, I did some fetish wrestling scenes. And I was having a lot of fun doing the fetish wrestling scenes. But on top of that, got asked to do the session girls. And it just kind of took off from there. The wrestling became something that I didn't know I would fall in love with. But I mean, it's kind of it kind of makes sense. I was already in love with dancing and moving my body and gymnastics. So it's like it's a very much a lateral move. First time you ever saw an image of yourself and you said to yourself, yeah, that's what I want to be. Ah, wow. Way, 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 way back. Image of me or mm -hmm. an image of something. Okay. Image an of me. image of you, because you sent me some amazing pictures and it was <laughs> so hard to pick from. <laughs> I really like the one that you picked. 
I like that one. I just wish that that outfit would stay together well enough for a match, but it won't. The thing <laughs> rolls off of everything. I don't even think I have the top anymore because it was basically aligned, just mm -hmm. covering the nips. So it was really good for the picture, but it didn't it didn't work out practically. I like um you probably saw pictures of me in my queen character where she's got like the super saiyan shoulders and the cape and everything like that's that's the one that's it <laughs> when we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want we're gonna wrestle a bit with queen <laughs> gia love this is gonna be fun <laughs> when we come back We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks Catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur of the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. Are you curious about kink but don't know where to begin? <laughs> or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out Kink for the Curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns, <laughs> uh, but lots of solid BDSM and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years. Kink for the Curious, a BDSM activity book for beginners written by Princessa Natasha Strange, that's me, <laughs> is available on Amazon. Go get it now. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at WWWPodcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to what women and other wonderful humans want, presented by Dating Kinky. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the show, joined by the wonderful Queen Gia Love. Hello. There must have been a time when you said, hmm, I do this pretty well. I could probably do it as a profession. When was that? Oh, being told I was good. <laughs> I just don't usually believe anything until like I get enough people that'll say, 
you're doing really good or I think you could do this really well. Um, I guess I kind of like, I like having some external feedback because then it lets me know how the world is reacting to what I'm putting out because I'm reacting from the inside and from the inside, I'm like, I'm having a lot of fun with this, but is the world buying it? And the world is buying it. I'm like, I'm enjoying myself. They like seeing me wrestle, especially in a, in a dominant female position. So yeah, I'm, I want to do this as long as I can. So now on to the part where I keep my body as uh, healthy as possible. When you're getting ready for a session with someone, what's your mindset? I think about, well, first step, I have to check my notes. If I took really good notes, then I will be preparing my outfit, the set, and then I do some blocking because they don't know where everything is in the room. And I like to plan out, all right, well, we're going to do this, 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 and this. We can do this on this side of the room and then move over to this side and then it'll flow like that. So I end up thinking about the order of how I want to do things because sometimes they want just wrestling. Sometimes they want some wrestling, some face sitting. Sometimes they want some tickle. And then I got the guys that want to just be tied up and tickled or it, it, it's just, it's a huge spectrum, but it's very rarely just one thing so most of them i have to plan them out otherwise if it is just one thing i've got a foot guy in atlanta i just hover my feet in his face he <laughs> loves it i love it we have a great time i can't wait to see him again the foot thing is not something that necessarily gets to me i do love a good pair of boots on a woman and love a good pair of heels but <laughs> i have never quite understood the foot fetish thing. Can you help me understand it a little better? You know, I like a good, clean pair of feet. Mm -hmm. I don't mind them, but I'm not seeking feet out, you know? Like, I can appreciate when someone takes good care of their feet, keeps them pedicured, clean, but I'm not seeking out feet i know there are people that seek out feet for maybe they enjoy the smell maybe they enjoy the way that the the wrinkles feel um there's likely an incident or a situation that occurred when they were younger um that's usually most of what happens or like just some kind of some kind of fascination there's usually a story everyone's got a story and i like like how you're asking me it's like how did you know how did you know you were be into this? So I like asking my clients the same thing. Like, how did you know that this was the thing that you were like really into? And with feet, it's just, it's so versatile because it's, it's so widely accepted. So many people are into feet. I had my first, I guess, experience in it when uh, I had scenes with uh, goddess Alanis who is from down there. Uh, and the first time we ever had a, scene we started by me kissing her feet in her mm -hmm. and the funny thing was she had christmas socks on <laughs> <laughs> to which i went oh my god this is just so amazing you put me in the best mood for it 
<laughs> Nothing like a pair of fun socks to cheer you up. Absolutely. The wrestling part of things. Did you have to train yourself to learn it or did it just come naturally? I've always been strong. So I guess it kind of like made sense to segue into that or I've just never been a female scared to use her physical power. Uh, so that was kind of just like, it just slid right into there. <laughs> Are people ever intimidated in regular life with you and your power? Because you have a powerful presence about you. I have been called intimidating before. I haven't gotten that a lot recently, but also no one's really hanging out anymore. And I mean that just generally because of the whole COVID thing, it's been more difficult to hang out with people. So I have gotten it before that I am intimidating and I'm trying to tone that down, but there's something about my aesthetic that just kind of like sends out that signal maybe it's like just the way i carry myself i wear a lot of black there's a lot of leather you know people start getting ideas has it ever bothered you that people see you that way because the times that i've talked to you you're just phenomenally kind and wonderful <laughs> uh, you don't come up well i'm i am six foot four so not many people intimidate me but ones that are very athletically built. Oh, yes, they do intimidate me. <laughs> I, uh, I I prefer, I guess, I like the juxtaposition. I like looking intimidating and being as sweet as a button. So I like to call myself like adorably aggressive. <laughs> In a session, uh, I'm sure there are things that people absolutely love. I'm guessing head scissors. As you mentioned, face sitting earlier, um, scissors just about anywhere. When do you know you have a guy under control? What is the feeling that you have inside you that says, yep, it's just turned to me? <laughs> well, there's usually the um, very common physical response that's uh, visually apparent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then there's also an audio cue where um, it sounds different from most for every guy, but it's a certain audio cue when I know that they are just completely in it. You know, they have completely immersed themselves in the space. And it usually happens when they're taking a big, deep inhale of my ass. <laughs> You do love, in every one of your writings towards me, you do love your ass. Yes. <laughs> it is when, the brand. When did you start loving your ass? I've always loved my ass. My ass has always been great. Uh, as as a, a fine Hispanic woman, it is what I'm showing off. That oh. is... Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and for, since this is audio, you'll just know that I was able to get a lovely peek of the lovely. You've been mooned. <laughs> I've been mooned. It is something about the Hispanic and Latin community that they really love the healthy look of a woman. 
And in in a lot of society, especially in in America and in almost conservative society, it's like all about being the the slim person or the or just being absolutely in tip top shape. But the fact is, a healthy looking woman is the most beautiful thing in the world. I'm glad you believe that. Why do you think that? the Hispanic culture gets that and the rest of us don't. I mean, I could go into um, pause. I suspect that it has to do with like, uh, if, if, if a woman is smaller, then she's obviously easier to control because you could physically dominate her. Mm-hmm. So when a male is attracted or I mean there's some males that don't have a choice because they're too small and all the women are bigger (laughs) than them but for a larger man and if they're attracted to a more dominant woman or a bigger woman I would imagine they are open to a challenge and they are more open to communication and collaboration as opposed to someone that's more attracted to a smaller partner and in that case it could be an aspect of well I'm more physically imposing so that gives them the opportunity to be physically imposing not that it will always happen but there's always that you know there's there's things that people think when someone constantly goes after someone smaller or younger there's like there's some questions there like why does it why does the partner have to be younger? Why does it have to be? Why does it have to be smaller? Can you not connect with someone of your same of their same age or same size? So it's just you know questions for me. But someone that is confident enough to be with, especially a male being with a woman that is either muscular or, or bigger than them, it just says that he is not afraid to collaborate. Because if that woman says no. You think that he's just going to smack her around and she's going to start doing what he says? Like, that's not what's going to happen. They're going to sit down, they're going to talk about it, and they're going to elevate their position. Let's talk about the connection, or as you called it, collaboration when it comes to wrestling. Right. The touch that two people have, especially in the intensity of the embrace, the grabbing, the holding, the simple control of people. Talk to me about what that touch means to you and the feedback you get from it. It's everything. It's it's the whole thing. It's the back and forth and feeling where they're going, where they're anticipating to go, where they're trying to move you. All of that is happening at the same time. So being in it is a lot more engaging than watching it. I'd rather be in it every day than watch it. To me, watching it is just not as, it's not as involved. There's just so much happening. There's there's feelings, there's pushing, there's pulling, there's squeezing, there's squishing, there's all, all kinds of stuff. Like you, you're feeling so much and breathing hard and sweating, just like the body's doing a lot. I am one that has touch as my number one love language. 
Although Nookie Notes always says that it's interviewing, but that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> but touch has always been my love language and just the simple touch of somebody, whether it's in the sensation scene or the more hardened touch when it comes to uh, impact. Is there a certain way you know that things are going from competitive to when the the subject is in subspace where you know that it's just turned over into something where the conscious leaves and the subconscious kicks in? I feel like this is very similar to the earlier question, kind of like that sound that they make mm -hmm. or um, there's body language. Um, everyone's different. So I'm just kind of looking out for it when they're acting just a little different or all of a sudden the moods change or an act has gotten a sound out of them that mm -hmm. I hadn't heard. So there's like indicators, but everyone's different. Has and there I have ever... to like, I have to figure it out like real, real quick. <laughs> has there ever been a scene that has caught you by surprise at the way it went? Meaning it started out very aggressively and then suddenly it turned into something else or vice versa. It started, it started out as something very light and playful and then got aggressive very quickly. Mm, I haven't. I mean, those sound more like situations where I would have been upset that the client wasn't forthright. Um, I did have a, a client like that, but it wasn't in that situation I had one in Miami and he wanted competitive, but he said more semi-competitive. And when he was losing, he was taking it personally. He was uh, probably the same size and same weight as me, but he wasn't a grappler. So I've been grappling for years and have had lots of practice grappling because that is now my job. I'm now a grappler. So when I was winning and he wasn't, I, he was getting upset and I could tell he was trying really, really hard. He was going harder and harder and harder and he was still not winning. And I was getting worried that if I were to start throwing in a bit of verbal humiliation, that he might start not having a good time. Mm. So I tried to keep it lighthearted and still not let him get the upper hand because that's not what we discussed because I don't see clients that want to beat on a woman. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to feed into that energy. Actually, it's a perfect segue because you mentioned semi-competitive. You have three different types of wrestling that you talk about. Can you explain what each one of those are? Certainly. We've got so. the fi fantasy fights or the um, like play fights. So that is, we're basically just rolling around. You're pushing me, I'm pulling you, but this is not like, we're not, it's not about impact. It's more about pulling and, and rolling than anything else. Uh, semi comp, we're using a bit of technique, 
We're probably trying to get some joint locks. We're probably trying to do some squeezes, but we're not using all of our strength and all of our skills. We're still being a little playful with it, and we're not trying to spend all of our energy. Competitive, we are going all out. Like, I am giving you everything I've got, and they are giving me everything they've got. Which one do you enjoy the most? I have a hunch. Fantasy. <laughs> really? I Yes, because the competitive takes a lot out of me physically. Mm-hmm. So I can do more play fights than I can do competitive mm -hmm. fights. And competitive fights, there's only like a small batch of people that I'm actually willing to do competitive fights with since I need to be cautious of how my body is being mm -hmm. handled. I can't throw my body at a six foot man that weighs 200 pounds and has been practicing MMA for three years and wants to roll around with me. Like, no, he's going to hurt me. So it's just certain things that I just tried to stay away from just to keep myself safe. And for the most part, I enjoy a competitive with the right person, someone that's the same height, same weight, and hasn't had too much experience. And if mm -hmm. they are communicating with me and I am picking up that they are more interested in a good time or exchanging or giving me their power, then I'm more for it. But if their language is demonstrating that they might be in it for feeling superior to a woman, that's just not the services I'm offering. I want to talk about a difficult part of this, which is in most dominatrix type roles, there is absolute control from top to bottom. You have to teeter on that line sometimes, especially because there is a back and forth here. Mm -hmm. How do you protect yourself other than great vetting, which obviously is something that you absolutely have to do, but how do you protect yourself from not only getting hurt physically, but getting hurt emotionally? Uh, I try to keep my emotions out of it as much as possible. I remind myself probably 50 times a day that people react from their experiences, not to me. Like, uh, they don't know me. They don't know my life. They don't know the things that I've been through. So for them to act upon me as if they know me or know some insight on me is just kind of preposterous because they haven't lived my life. I don't know them and at all. They don't know me. So it's been pretty easy to keep like the emotional part out of it as far as physical. Uh, that's always tricky. Uh, that's why I was saying earlier um, about feeling their language. Most of the communications that I do have with my clients would be email or text. How are they writing to me? How are they spelling? How are they communicating with me? What what seems to be their biggest interest? What 
what what does it seem that they want so i'll get a good feeling i'll get a good feel for who i'm communicating with just based off of how they're communicating with me but that is something that i've had to learn over the years countless countless emails and several and uh, since 2016 seeing clients hundreds and hundreds of possibly thousands of clients and just getting a good feeling for what would and would not be dangerous if I get any like if I get a feeling that this might not be safe then I'll try to have an escort nearby or I just won't take the session I like doing them um in a a space where someone can hear me within like shout distance mm -hmm. so they can come in and help me out in worst case scenario but for the most part it's I haven't had any dangerous situations knock on wood nowhere near me <laughs> knocking on my head for you <laughs> <laughs> What's the number one thing that keeps you motivated? Oh, I don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> the capitalist system demands it. <laughs> uh, I'm having a lot of fun more than anything. I am finally doing something that doesn't make me want to freaking shoot myself. Ever, like sitting at a desk answering calls at a call center was just not my future. I needed to be wrestling. I needed to be moving. So that that's it. That's, that's what keeps me going. I just finally being a hundred percent in charge, something about working for others that I don't give a shit about. is just, it doesn't sit in my soul and just drives me insane. When we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, we're going to talk a little bit about friendships and fetish con when we come back. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor, and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the Practical Contract Guide, Relationship short Shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think, and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle. 
and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. Hi there, I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on what women and other wonderful humans want. Thank you, Nookie. Joined by Queen Gia Love, the wrestling dominatrix from Florida. You are so energetic. Are you always that way? As far as I can remember, I've always been pretty energetic, especially in social situations. I'm just a ball of energy that can't be contained. Is there something you like to do outside of wrestling and being a good femdom that really makes you feel happy? I like dancing. I like um, going out. I'll go to the clubs and dance. There's a nice gothic club where I'm at, and I'll visit there on the weekend, sometimes, not every time, for some dancing and flogging because they have like a little dungeon section that I can go up there and whip some of the club goers. So it's like a, a little extra for me. I want to go to there. <laughs> it's really good. I think you'd really dig the aesthetic. It sounds absolutely wonderful. Or maybe you have been. I mean, you've been to FetishCon. Maybe you've come to the castle before. I have not. Oh, well, and Florida. I'm coming. I'm coming down early this year. I'm staying mm -hmm. almost nine days. So, oh ooh. well, I'm willing to go down there with you. I would I love honored. taking people to the castle. <laughs> I would be honored. Yay! We talked about friendship, and in a few weeks, although I've already done the interview, I'll be interviewing. Teramizu, you all tour a lot. You all have done a lot of work together. Yeah. What's it like to have a connection as wonderful and as close as that? I am so, so lucky. You have no idea. I I was actually thinking about it today as I was like helping her uh, get ready for her wedding, which is <clears throat> a day after tomorrow. So her wedding's coming up real soon. Wow. So uh, I would imagine... Because she's really good at like not letting things bother her, or at least not showing it outwardly. But I'm sure she's nervous. The wedding's coming up, and everything's got to be perfect. So helping her out and thinking like, "Wow, uh, I I have a really good friend here. <laughs> and she's been there for me, and just like." I didn't even ask her to. <laughs> she just kept hanging out with me. And I'm like, this chick's cool. And she seems to like me. So <laughs> I guess I got to keep hanging out with her. <laughs> How did you all meet? 
we're all local. Um, you know, we'll end up doing shoots together and it was more her on me. Like she made the effort to connect with me. And I'm so glad she did because I would have never thought to connect with her because to me, she was way too good. Like I'm over here being um, like a rough and tumble girl and she's all <laughs> sundresses and sunglasses and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> you compliment each other beautifully. I like to think so. You talk about being local. You are local to FetishCon, and I cannot wait to get down there in August, hosting the red carpet events and doing a live stream, which I think is going to be intensely fun. Also, also going to be teaching some classes, which I'm looking forward to. What's so special about FetishCon for you? Well... I started my first fetish con 2012. Wow. And I only knew about it because of the guy that I was dating at the time. He told me about fetish con. I told him when we had got together that I was kinky, but I didn't really like know a whole lot. Like the vanilla definition of kinky you know where they're like oh you like being choked and spanked it's like oh there's so much more mm -hmm. so much more but you know that was me we were all like that at some point we were all like fetish noobs so that was me and he introduced me to that and told me like yeah there's no reason why you could because I was already modeling I was doing more cosplay modeling and like nude cosplay modeling but I wasn't doing like fetish work and I was doing cam work too so I was doing the cam stuff and I was working at a cam house and I really didn't like it. I wasn't, I didn't like constantly playing with my vagina on camera. Like eventually my vagina was like, no, she was over it. She was having a bad time and I was not making enough money for that much action down there. So I started getting more involved in kink from webcamming in the webcam house one of the other cameras was shooting a bondage scene and she asked me if I'd be interested I thought I'd never done it before but yeah I'm wild I'm down to try something different the bondage was intense for me uh, I was I wasn't sure what to expect I had never been tied up like that and that was with um Dizdat and Brenda Bound. So those were literally my first uh, production fetish scenes that I ever done the, the hardcore bondage. And that I had not, that I had never been tied up like that before. The most is like maybe like hands to each other or uh, like to the bed. But I don't even think that that has ever happened because I think I would have felt trapped. <laughs> so back how did, then how did you feel in that when you get tied up and it takes nothing away from a dominant person because they dominant people can appreciate what it's like being on the bottom because they know what it feels like to be on the top what do you get personally and how do you feel when somebody puts you into a bondage scene I'm more first concern or 
bringing awareness to uh, what my body's doing, uh, making sure that nothing is being pulled or placed in a position that I won't be comfortable in for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, my mindset with bondage, and it's always been this, because I love movies and I feel like you can't get into this biz if you don't love movies in some kind of way, because mm-hmm. we're all content creators. It feels like we're obviously like entertainment freaks. Yes, because of the movies, the interrogation scenes or like the scenes where they tie someone up and then they have to escape. So being in the bondage scene, I'm always thinking like, well, if something were to happen, could I get out? So when I'm tied up in bondage, I like to try to get out. But most of the scenes that I'm performing in are not about getting out. So (laughs) I just have to wiggle in the bondage. But do you go at the end, hmm, I wonder if, and try? I try, but they're already getting me out of the ropes. (laughs) I'll, I'll play with the knots as much as possible. And there have been scenes where I've undone several knots and then spend the rest of the scene trying not to let it all come undone (laughs) so i can get out sometimes but not all times especially not uh eric kane tie there's no way i'm getting out of those (laughs) i and carissa dumond is another person that speaks extremely high of you somebody who's been on this show and we are working to get Eric Kane on the show to talk about what he does <laughs> because that man fascinates me with the artistry that he does because it's unlike anything else I've seen his stuff's intense and he's um I I see him as like a challenge you know he is the most intense bondage that I'm willing to do I don't know if there's there's likely more intense out there, but uh, there's a huge sense of pride and uh, knowing that, yeah, I can do Eric Kane bondage, but he's also very nice to me. <laughs> but don't let don't tell him I said that because he'll be mean. <laughs> <laughs> Any fun plans for FetishCon this year? I've already got a couple shoots set up with Ginnery. Um I might get hosted by a submissive. If that happens again this year, then I will be planning fun things with them. Otherwise, creating content, shooting for others, and enjoying myself as I do. Uh, Probably spending some more time in the pool. It'll all depend on my schedule. If I got early things, then late night pool party might not be the way to go. But you'll visit me on the red carpet, I do hope. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be there Thursday and Sunday. You know it. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, it always is. Gia, you are an absolute delight. And I have enjoyed getting to know you. And I can't wait to see you in August when we can reunite, give each other a big old hug. And okay, you'll probably take me down after talking about this. (laughs) Only if you want to. I can run from across the con and spear you all the way down to the ground. Yes, please. Yes, please. And then straight into a grapevine and boob smother. This will be you (laughs) on the ground. This will be me on top of you. (laughs) 
And somehow I think the wrestler and wrestling announcer and me would be going, I think he's done. I think he's done. It's all over for him. There's no way he's coming back. So many talents, so many stories, so much fun to visit with Her Kinky Highness, Queen Gia Love. We will definitely be following her journey for much time to come. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. She was a guest of honor at this year's DomCon in LA and a mainstay at FetishCon where I met her last year. Not only is she an incredible dominant, she's my friend. Bow to the goddess and kiss her feet with me, Goddess Alanis, next week on the show. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Queen Gia Love and our lineup as we head to FetishCon is nothing short of spectacular as we will be visiting with the living logo, Teramizu, superheroine bondage legend, Christina Carter, the multi-talented fetish model and executive, Anastasia Pierce, and one of the women behind FetishCon, Genesis Lynn, all coming up in the next few weeks on the show as we get ready to head to the largest trade show in fetish. It's FetishCon, August 10th through 13th in St. Petersburg, Florida. Get your tickets at FetishCon.com. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast, and now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. 